welcome to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby, a podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. TIPQC exists to improve health outcomes for mothers and infants in Tennessee through our quality collaborative that will identify opportunities to optimize maternal and infant outcomes across our state and is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. The Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby podcast is designed for medical professionals and for patients and families across the state. We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance in Maternal Health. Welcome to the TIPQC podcast for this week. I'm Brenda Barker, the Executive Director at TIPQC and the only remaining original TIPQC employee, which I am afraid makes me old, as well as a historian. So what do a failed grant application, a major economic recession in 2008, along with some of the worst statewide maternal and infant birthing outcomes in the U.S. have in common? Well, let's find out. Today, we have Dr. Mike DeVoe joining us, one of the original TIPQC members, as well as a board member since the inception of the organization. Welcome, Dr. DeVoe. Brenda, thanks for that introduction. I know the feeling I have been doing neonatology for about 35 years, and I'm now being asked to give lectures about the history of neonatology. So I think we're both on the same page. But uh, excited to go ahead and work with you on this podcast today. I hope we can share some insight into the formation of a very successful collaborative effort in Tennessee, also known as the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. Uh, I'll let Brenda describe the brief history of how the organization came into being almost 15 years ago and has now evolved into one of the most respected perinatal quality collaboratives in the country. Thanks, Mike. In 2007, CMS offered a transformational grant to duplicate the really impressive results of the California Perinatal Quality Collaborative, or CPQCC, and the California Maternal Quality Collaborative, CMQCC. Dr. Judy Ashner at Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt found out about this grant and presented it to the State Perinatal Advisory Committee, also known as the PAC, and to TenCare leadership. And that was in June of 2007, around the possibility of developing a grant in a state quality perinatal collaborative. The goal of that statewide collaborative would be to promote inter-institutional quality improvement projects designed to improve the perinatal outcomes in Tennessee. Kind of an initial interest meeting was held in November in Nashville of 2007. Dr. Ashner thought she would have a few people come and they could discuss the organization, set out some missions, some goals. And in fact, they did set out missions and goals, but they had over a hundred stakeholders attend. And Dr. DeVoe, I don't know, were you at one of those meetings or at the PAC meeting? I was on the perinatal advisory committee, so I did sit in and hear Dr. Ashner's presentation. I was representing the Northeast Tennessee group. During that time, uh, there was a significant focus by the Tennessee Department of Health on decreasing Tennessee's infant mortality rate and idea sharing with other state efforts. Dr. Ashner eloquently, as she always did, reviewed other existing perinatal collaboratives and presented information about the successes that could be achieved, citing as an example the California Perinatal Quality Care Collaborative, also known as the CPQCC. 
this collaborative was sponsored by the California Department of Health with all delivery hospitals in the state participating in project development and data sharing. Toolkits developed by CPQCC continue to be used by multiple other state collaboratives at this time. As Brenda has said often at every one of our retreats, we are not too proud to draw on the successful efforts of others. Not quite the same as stealing, but we're all kind of on the same page and uh, appreciate everybody else's efforts. The process was then back in the hands of Tennessee Department of Health after these initial meetings and presentations to decide how they wanted to proceed. Thanks, Dr. DeVoe. And yes, we do like to attribute, share, and not steal, but attribute widely what other folks are doing. There's no need to reinvent the wheel, and there's some really great work going on around the nation to really look at our maternal and infant outcomes. So we call it borrowing with attribution. But Dr. Ashner took the enthusiasm to Dr. John James at TenCare and they wrote this grant. Unfortunately, uh, I know they spent quite a bit of time. By the time they had everybody gathered, they didn't have a lot of time to write the grant, but they worked feverishly on it. And unfortunately, we came in third, which again, is pretty good, but only two states were awarded the grant. The first year was Ohio, and the second year was North Carolina. And we've had several folks say to us, it may be really a great thing that we did not get that grant because Tenth Care at this point was so invested, thought it was such a great idea. They wanted to fund a state collaborative anyway, which was fortunate for Tennessee and for Tip QC as the original grant ran out after three years. So eventually through a grant from the Governor's Office of Children's Care Coordination or the GOCCC, Tip QC was established and even though our country hit a major recession, which was really amazing, TIPQC began in October of 2008. Besides myself, the original team consisted of Dr. M.K. Key, who was a quality consultant, and Dr. Peter Grubb, our medical director. So we kicked off TIPQC with a roadshow and tour to hear what all of our NICUs and really more a focus on the NICUs, but our maternal folks were also came and just hear about the quality improvement work that was going on in our local hospitals and how TIPQC could support that. That was the winter of 2008 and nine, just right at the beginning. And that's, I believe, when I met you, Dr. DeVoe, we came to Johnson City, Nieswanger. Tell us a little bit about your first impressions of TIPQC and your thoughts. Well, I remember within a few days of meeting you for the first time, I started again getting the notorious Brenda emails. <laughs> Those do happen a lot. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I was at Johnson City Medical Center, nice longer hospital over in Johnson City, running the NICU over there and director of the regional perinatal center. When we heard that there was going to be a traveling road show, everybody had questions about what was this, was this really about? Was it going to be a threatening kind of environment? And then Brenda and Peter and um, Dr. Key all came over and in a very pleasant way reviewed basics of QI. We had a huge turnout at our presentation there at Johnson City Medical Center, as was seen across the state at all the presentations that were given. We were performing some perinatal quality improvement projects, specifically on retinopathy of prematurity, transfusion protocols, et cetera, in our own setting there. 
What we were lacking was formal quality training and the ability to collaborate with other centers across the state who were addressing similar problems. We jumped on the opportunity to welcome TIPQC, and I joined the leadership group of TIPQC at that time. The roadshow and tour demonstrated basic quality projects can be done at all size centers, not just the level three and four centers, which has been a hallmark of all the TIPQC projects, as we'll talk about a little bit later. Also, through TIPQC, previous barriers to collaboration between sometimes competing hospital systems began to fall, and that was one of the biggest I think, accomplishments that I've seen in TIPQC. I do remember that, Dr. DeVoe, and it was great seeing you and your team. But I remember we had some cities that, uh, and you know, even across the state, that the neonatologists and the nursing staff, they did not even know each other and hadn't had those opportunities to connect. So that was really a super way to help connect everybody across the state. Well, we kicked off our first annual meeting in March of 2009 with a project, which we called it a training wheels project to teach QI. Do you remember much about that first project, Mike, and how you guys did it at Johnson City? Well, just to expand a little bit, even at the roadshow presentation, we discussed and then started implementing our own local project, which is not part of a bigger TIPTC collaborative. But using the principles that were taught, we evaluated transfer of surgical patients from the NICU down to our operating room. And at the time, we were using adult operating room facilities. So we really dissected the process, focused on process improvement, and applied a lot of our PDSA cycles, generated runtime charts and everything. So I think that was very reassuring to our own local center. But yes, we can do projects using these types of tools. For a statewide collaborative project was to introduce basic QI principles across the state in a coordinated fashion. We used the term low-hanging fruit to choose our first project. There wasn't a whole lot of debate. We wanted something that could easily be applied at all levels of nurseries across the state, similar to the current cord clamping project. We chose thermal regulation and NICU admission temperature improvement as our goal project demonstrated across the state. Such a project could be done and more importantly started to bridge the gap between newborn and obstetric care providers working towards a common goal. The obstetricians were a little put off at times by the fact that we walked in and turned up all the delivery room temperatures by about five degrees. And I learned that if you wait until they got their scrubs on for the C-section, they had no option to go over and turn the temperature back down. So we always turned it down before we left though. So we were good citizens. Right. Well, I remember y'all made some really deliberate, important changes during that first project. And I do uh, recall that turning up the temperature is an important aspect and that many of our hospitals that may have been the first time they'd really began to buy into that. And so that was a, a great change and actually saw our babies come into normal range of temperature. And that was a super project, not only for the results, as you said, the low-hanging fruit, but also just for the teaching of how to do QI statewide, to share online with each different hospitals, share their results, what they were doing. If you had a barrier, how someone else overcame that. And I think that has really been a beauty of TIPQC is just having the opportunities to share very transparently on our monthly huddles. And as I recall, you all made some big changes but one thing that you suggested while we were there is we should have quality improvement teaching or QI teaching online, which, you know, today is not that innovative, but back in the day, that was very innovative. And we wrote the just-in-time 
QI modules, MKK and myself, and those are still available on the TIPQC website. Although I must say they have been updated a bit since 2009, but it's still the same information. Just we've added new projects and updated that just a little bit. Brenda, if I can interrupt for just a second, I think that has been a huge accomplishment of TIPQC is getting these resources available online. Not only project specific resources, but there's basic information and materials on definitions of quality improvement or different aspects of quality improvement, whether it's runtime charts or EDSA cycles, et cetera. So anyone can go in at any time if they're working on a project and find appropriate and updated resources on the best way to accomplish their goals. Absolutely. After the dissolution of the GOCCC in 2011, TIPQC transferred that same year in June to the Department of Health. Department of Health has been our home base since that time. Our financing, however, is interesting in that it comes initially through the Tennessee legislature and then it passes to TennCare and they do have some drop down matching federal dollars and then to the Tennessee Department of Health and then to Vanderbilt who holds the grant for TIPQC. We always jokingly say we are a grant only, we're not an entity. But you can see that cycle and how funds come to the organization. And remarkably, really over the last 15 years, we have remained on a three-year grant cycle at the same funding level. After the initial year, we had a little funding added for our data collection, but we haven't had a race since then. And we often, the projects that we do and the resources we're able to offer, we get additional grants from other organizations to really supplement that QI and educational work. Well, Dr. DeVoe, tell me about some of your favorite projects through the years. Brenda, that's really a tough question. It's difficult to pick out any favorite project as our center learns something from every project we participated in. So we learned something, like I said, from every project that was done across the state, whether they were maternal or newborn projects. I feel the project that gave us the most bang for the buck, quote unquote, in our neonatal arena was no doubt the effort to decrease central line associated bloodstream infections with plasmas. The state of Tennessee, through some data reported from the Department of Health, had a high CLABSI rate for an RNICU population. And this resulted in not only increased costs for the NICU and institution, increased length of stay, but also increased long-term mobility and mortality. So this project demonstrated the necessity of involving an entire team, not just physicians and nurses in improvement efforts. And we looked at everyone who had contact with the patient and the process of inserting and maintaining central lines. We involved bedside care providers, lab staff, infection control, facility engineering, radiology, et cetera. Statewide, we successfully decreased the incidence of CLABSI over about a one to one and a half year time period not only resulting in significant cost savings for care, but more importantly, in decreasing neonatal morbidity and mortality. And the Department of Health received kudos for our project at a national level. An early maternal project that I feel was very memorable was a statewide effort through a TIPQC project to decrease the number of early C-section deliveries, the 39-week gestation project. And this is where we really involved our OB colleagues for one of the first times in a major statewide project, and they jumped in with both feet, made it work very successfully. As a result of the project, the state of Tennessee adopted the findings and discouraged early C-section deliveries. So that made a huge impact, and 
you had to now justify why you were doing a cesarean section prior to 37 weeks pregnancy. That was a great project. It was really exciting to see that adopted across the state. And at the time, all 65 birthing hospitals adopted that. We had a letter from the commissioner and worked with the Tennessee Hospital Association. So really a great partnership in doing the right thing for our moms and their children, their babies. Mike, did you have another favorite? I know we have some recent projects. Well, and Brenda, another recent project that we have accomplished is our recent opioid use disorder and renal opioid withdrawal project, which truly integrated for the first time the maternal and infant arms of CHIP-QC. We enhanced collaboration between the infant and maternal teams, which we are now drawing on in current projects, such as our cord clamping project. And we really had two different arms within the project that we collaborated on a regular basis, almost a weekly basis. I think the infant teams learned a lot about maternal care, maternal screening, and the OB and obstetric teams learned a lot about how we manage babies with neonatal opioid withdrawal syndrome. And we were really able, through a very robust toolkit, to really significantly improve, I think, the care for our substance using moms and their kids across the state. We are in a sustainment mode on that project right now, uh, meeting about every six months to carry forward on our accomplishments. In addition to our quality improvement projects, we're taking a major role in education of healthcare providers. In addition to educating our local teams through projects, TIPQC has evolved into an educational resource for all perinatal care providers across the state through not only on-site training, but also podcasts like we're making right now, Vermont course sponsorship, et cetera. These efforts were previously provided by the Tennessee Perinatal Association back in the 1980s and 1990s. And then the Perinatal Advisory Committee Network has always provided regional educational efforts, and we as an organization work closely with them. None of this could have been done without the support of the Department of Health and the various sponsors or granting agencies, including the 10 care providers. We've truly established, I think, a good functioning collaborative. Thanks, Dr. DeVoe. And yes, TIPQC does have a wealth of QI projects and toolkits and resources. We have had over 30 projects completed or ongoing as of today. And if you're interested in any of those or the resources available, feel free to check out our website. The website is www.tipqc.org. You can look under projects and you will find a wealth of resources if you're interested in any of those. Well, Dr. DeVoe, what would you say is the greatest contribution TIPQC has made over the last 15 years? Well, that's a lot of time to go ahead and review different projects over 15 years, but I don't feel any one project has been our greatest contribution. I think rather it's a demonstration to all delivery centers and networks that collaborative projects of value can be accomplished not only at the larger centers, but at smaller rural hospitals as well. TIPPC from its inception developed toolkits for our projects with general best practices, but allowed individual hospital modification of those toolkits based on local resources. The resources of a small rural hospital obviously are not the same as the larger centers like the Vanderbilt's and UT system, et cetera. We know that one size didn't fit all, hence allowed for the modification as needed to accomplish the goals. I think the establishment of networks for communication between different centers across the state has been something to be proud of. And most remarkably, previous competitors are now collaborating and learning from others. 
all the silos, hospital system A versus hospital system B, and you know, keeping secrets from each other has really fallen by the wayside. And to me, that's been a huge accomplishment. And I'm most proud of that for TIPTC as an organization. Absolutely. Well, really, with your history, your expertise, I mean, we really did start at the worst of times. We lost a grant. We had an economic recession. And we had some really poor outcomes in Tennessee. But we have seen improvement. And just to note, the rest of the nation is also working hard to improve. But from the data we had closest to when we started in 2010, we to the most recent rankings, which are in 2018. So there is a, a little delay there. But we did go from 36th to 33rd in maternal mortality rate. So a little bump up there. And from 48th, to 39th in our infant mortality rate. So we continue to see improvement, but as you can tell from the numbers, we still have quite a ways to go and quite a bit of work that still needs to be done. A last question or two, where do you think TIPQC needs to focus to continue to make improvements in the care of our moms and babies? Well, it's not all about the rankings. It's about maternal and infant care and their outcomes. New and old challenges are going to continue to present themselves, and there's no better example than COVID, and that's really impacted every center across the state for the past two and a half or three years. And now we're facing financial uncertainty with possible recession right around the corner as well. One current problem without an immediate solution is a statewide shortage of resources and staffing issues. COVID only accentuated this problem. Rural hospitals have limited hard equipment issues beds, uh, isolates, incubators, warmers, etc. The larger and rural centers also have significant staffing shortages. There's been a lot of movement of healthcare personnel from center to center and increased rate of retirement across the state for healthcare providers. Not all centers have available dedicated quality staff for our projects. And we've seen that especially at the smaller hospitals. And not only are they doing hospital-driven assignments, but they're usually able to make time to we continue with our own TIPQC projects and assist them. TIPQC plans to continue digital education efforts, podcasts, sponsoring other training through SIMS, Vermont Oxford Network sponsorships, etc. A particularly exciting upcoming project involves a QI Academy and workshop scheduled for this fall, where we intend to formally train centers across the state in QI principles and project development. And I'm hoping all of you can attend that. It's going to be an excellent presentation and give you the basics for doing your own quality improvement at a local level. In addition, we're beginning to provide educational opportunities integral to other perinatal care providers, such as EMS agencies, et cetera. It's not all about what happens in the hospital. There's a lot that takes place outside of a hospital setting, whether it's in a clinic, whether it's in an EMS service, transportation, et cetera. And I think the possibilities are endless and are dependent on continued funding and, more importantly, on our volunteer membership. Volunteers really drive this organization and the projects, the resources in the state are truly remarkable. We all have some excellent brain power and ideas across the state. And TIPQC, I think, has provided the ideal venue for collaboration and we continue to further our efforts improve the outcomes of moms and babies across the state. Thanks, Dr. DeVoe. Couldn't agree with you more. It's been a real pleasure to watch 15 years of growth in our state and improvement. And I just want to thank you personally for all your years of service, your wisdom, guidance, and your genuine concern for all of our Tennesseans. 
And thanks to our listeners today and the members of TIPQC, like Dr. DeVoe mentioned, you have made such an enormous difference in the care of our moms and babies across the state. Thanks for joining in today. Look forward to talking again. And thanks everybody. And again, further questions, you can contact myself or Brenda. We're always welcoming new members, so feel free to share this and uh, we will put you to work. Thanks everybody and uh, really do appreciate your efforts over the years. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby presented by TIPQC. TIPQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance in Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you'd like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.